Mano the shell, bro. Blow the shell. Come on. Coming to you live from a little grass shack in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's the Junior Kikueva Junior Show, starring Junior Kikueva Junior. Join Junior along with the Wayne Bothey Band as he makes any kind from Hawaii. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Junior Kikueva Junior. It is a beautiful day in Hawaii. The sun is shining. It is hot. So you guys, you guys planning on coming to Hawaii like that? Okay, you guys, you guys better come now. Because if you guys wait till August, bro, oh, bro, it is going to be hot, Hawaiians. It is going to be hot. So if you listen to this show, one thing one thing that you know, if you listen to this show, you are an honorary Hawaiian. We deputize everybody in the name of Duke Kaunamoku. <laughs> in, in the name of, I don't know if Duke is all right with that, but <laughs> they might, he might have some family still still around going, hey, bro, you're not going to do that game. But uh, we, we will deputize you as an honorary Hawaiian, and there's no problem with that. So, so anyway, you, if, bro, we got to thank the, look at this. So we always start with gratitude, right? Because we have an attitude of gratitude. So we're going to start the show by, by going into the, the stats, right? We get stats. Bro, they give us analytics. And analytics, but the analytics for the show is like in real time, bro. Like real time. Okay, so so we got we get new countries, we get bro, we get all kind of countries now. So uh, the United States, we, we gotta say Mahalo United States. Okay, but then there's Ireland, the Netherlands. Okay, so Ireland they pop in once in a while. They pop in, they pop out, they pop up, whatever. And then so Ireland, the Netherlands, United Kingdom, Canada, Ghana, Peru, Australia, Poland. Okay, and Russia. Russia is back on the map. See, Russia wasn't here the other day. And now some guys would pop in again from Russia. So we'd like to say how's it to uh, all you Russians out there. So, you know, especially if you guys are tuning in for the first time from Russia, we'd like to say aloha and uh, welcome to the podcast. So, so, Brad, you know, we never know what we're going to talk about on the podcast until we actually talk about them. Okay. But I'm going to tell you guys that most of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast is because I've lived it. Bro, I went through it. You know what I'm saying? And and a lot of you younger guys going through this stuff, you know, and, and I see I see this locally. You know, I see one one young comedian on uh he's on TikTok now and he's doing good. He's doing good, bro. You know, I don't like mentioning names, but he's doing good. I'm telling and this guy is funny. He is funny. But you gotta understand something, okay? Stand up comedy and and what I do, okay, so I'm a voice actor. And then what he's doing on TikTok is all different kinds of comedy. And a lot of people don't really realize that. Mm-mm. So what I'm going to tell you, here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. If you're doing stand-up comedy, you are a stand-up comic. Okay. Now, it, let, let's say, for example, you're doing, you're doing stuff on Instagram and TikTok. Okay. Now, you are doing satire. Okay. That's satire comedy. That's, that's, 
you're playing on roll and you're doing them on video. That's satire, okay? Just in case you guys, I mean, I know a lot of you younger guys, you guys just call them comedy. And you guys, and you guys are funny. A lot of, bro, a lot of these guys are funny. And I crack up, you know, that kind of stuff they're doing, right? Now, the, the stuff I do is called voice acting. Now, a stand-up comic, just because you can do satire, okay, does not mean you can do stand-up. So stand-up comedians, right? Like in Hawaii, Augie T. He's got to be the best ever, right? The best ever. He topped everybody. He did, he did everything. Augie did everything. Okay, then you get, you get like Andy Bumatai. He was the first guy. Well, he was the second guy. But they branded him as Hawaii's first stand-up comic, right? But there was one guy before him. It was Kent Bowman. And, and that, that, that's like going so far back in history already. But that was, he, Kent Bowman was in the 60s. Like when I was a little kid, he was doing, he was doing stand-up comedy already. Kent Bowman was, was already on the scene. He was already doing his thing. He was already on stand-up comedy. Nowadays, what you get is, is you get on hodgepodge, okay? Or you get on variety. Let me, let me just use the word variety. You get on variety of, of comedy, Right, so now we, you know, we have all kind of comedy. Now, what I was doing, okay, I'm a voice actor, and that that's a different kind of comedy. Now, you can have a voice actor in a serious role. You can have comedy voice acting, which is what I did, and and you, I mean, so there's all different kinds of voice actors. Okay, now the voice actors that you guys normally are exposed to are the guys that do like Finding Nemo and all the Disney films, the Pixar films, all like the animation stuff, right? So you have people doing, you know, they, they, they play on role, but, but they're behind the scenes. The difference between a radio guy, okay, so somebody on the radio, like I did, voice acting on the radio. I did voice acting on the radio, but I did comedy, and I played a character, okay? So, so if you guys are doing that stuff, now, now what you're doing at that point is you're putting a picture in somebody's head, okay? You're putting a picture in somebody's mind. So you have to use words to draw the picture. Okay, you have to use, and you got to be careful the kind of words you use, okay? I'll give you an example, right? You know, you can, you can be like, whoa, whoa, okay, back up the crane, back up the crane. All right, okay, now lower that giant cherry into that swimming pool of, of, of milk chocolate. Okay, now you got on visual. Okay, now you have a visual. This guy is backing up, but, right? You backing up, and on giant maraschino cherry, and you're going to dunk them in the swimming pool filled with, filled with chocolate syrup. Okay, now, now you have a visual. Okay, and, and basically, this, so that's what I do. I paint pictures with words. Now, a lot of guys on the radio, especially the younger guys that came after me, they, they always tell me, oh, theater of the mind, theater of the mind. And I'm listening for their theater of the mind, and there's nothing, right? I remember this one guy told me, oh, you know, theater of the mind. Huh? And you know, I kind of looked at it. I didn't say anything, right? Because you got, you cannot, you cannot debate, or you cannot, you cannot even teach. You cannot even teach somebody who thinks who thinks they got it, right? You cannot say, okay, wait, 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 let me show you what theater of the mind is, or let me give you an idea of what theater of the mind is. They think that when you're putting on extra energy, okay, that's what I like to call it when I hear them, because off the air, you know, they're like, hey, what's up? What's we'll you know, on the air, they're like. It's four o'clock in Hawaii, and hey, da, 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 da. they do all that kind of thing, going on and on and on. Okay, all you're doing is projecting energy. You, that's not theater of the mind. The reason they call it theater of the mind is that it's a theater. Like when you go to the theater, you watch a movie. 
theater of the mind is you join pictures in somebody's mind. You join pictures in somebody's mind and it's the kind of words you use, right? Like I can say, brother enjoys gun, okay? Now if I say brother point his gun, you have a different picture. Drawing his gun, what is that? He pulling him out of the holster. Pointing his gun, what is that? He's got him pointed at the guy, okay? Brother is firing multiple shots into the guy's head. Okay, now now what picture do you have, right? Okay, and you have the blood going everywhere, and you have you, you know you have all that kind of stuff going on. Okay, that's that's theater of the mind because now you're drawing pictures in you know on the screen in his mind, right? You're giving him pictures. So so a lot of these younger guys, you know, they they I mean I radio is is becoming a lost art, right? Why we still do a little bit of it on the podcast, like small kind. You know, we do them on a podcast, right? Because podcast is like radio because you, you, cannot, you cannot see me, right? So I can do all that kind of stuff. I can make any kind, right? And then, then the pictures that you get is the pictures in your head. Now, if you're on Instagram or you're on TikTok or you're on Likey or you're, you know, you're on Rizzo, okay, you don't get those pictures. And the reason you don't get those pictures is because you, you see something, right? So you're seeing whatever they're doing. And there's no room for, for this kind of creativity. You can't, you can't do this kind of stuff. So anyway, we was, we was doing some, but so, <laughs> so we, we used to, we used to do some, some terrible things on the radio. I mean, it was, it was, but we used to have this thing, right? Where we used to send the man on the street. We had the man on the, on the street and the man on the street. So, so he would go downstairs, this guy. So we had several guys, right? And, and one of these guys was pretty good. He was pretty good. And so he would go down, he would go downstairs, right? And he would describe, like he would describe all the, and, and he would be going, okay, wait, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm opening the latch. Okay, I'm, I'm opening the window now. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm going inside. Okay, I got one foot inside. Like he knew exactly how to do theater of the mind. And when he knew how to, I mean, this guy, he was so good that you would listen and you would actually feel some anxiety listening to him. I mean, you'd actually, you'd actually feel some anxiety and, and you'd actually like, like be like, oh yeah, this is going on. So you would feel kind of tense listening to this guy and he was good. And we used to do all kinds, bro, we used to do all kinds of stuff like that. The whole thing ended one day. <laughs> mm. Bro, this whole thing ended one day when um, they, they tied this guy up to the, so they, they, they decided Okay, uh, the the lead guy from the radio, right? And and the the cops, the, so the cops, the cops used to hear all this stuff on the radio. They used to listen to us. We used to have tons of cops listening. I don't know how many cops listen to my podcast. I don't think any do. I think it's all ma- mostly mainland people, because according to my demographics and what I see on my screen, it's all mainland people, and in other countries, right, on the podcast, but. Uh, locally, right, when I was on the radio. So the, the two audiences are very different. The, the, the radio audience that li- used to listen to me, those guys are still listening to radio, most of them. Majority of them, okay? Majority of them don't know about my podcast. So so anyway, so so the, the, the police used to listen, and one day, the lead guy from the show, okay, it was his radio show, he decides to go down, right? And, and they decide to tape him to a sign. And they tape him to the sign, right? And the cops come and they arrest everybody. And because they did that, and one of the guys was actually a reserve cop. So he was the guy that I sat in for 
Okay. And and for some reason, the lead guy from the show, right, who really helped me a lot. But this guy, this guy really, not just on that radio show, but like in my life, he helped me a lot. He really, really helped me a lot. Anyway, he went down, right? And the cops wanted to get him because every time he would send everybody else, right? And and he would stay he would stay back at the radio station. So the cops finally got him, right? And they arrested him. He went down to cell block, cell block. They processed him. He had to bail out everything. Minor charges, minor charges. You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, well, it was misdemeanor kind of charges. It was just, you know, it, it was just, um, it was minor kind of stuff, you know, like, Interfering with traffic signs. I don't know. I don't know what that charge was. But anyway. <laughs> so this guy who was a reserve police officer, the guy I filled in for, for, for like 18 years. Well, not 18, because he actually did something and, and he got, <laughs> he got he actually got busted doing something. He had to quit the radio show, but that was that was personal. That wasn't that wasn't on the radio. And so uh but he was asked to resign. He was asked from one of the lieutenants at, at, at the police department to resign. <laughs> so he resigned. <laughs> Just for that one incident, bro. That, that was so funny. So, I mean, in, in this guy's world, right? When you look at the law of attraction and you look at karma. And you look at the spirituality side of things. This guy got chopped down little by little by little by little until he was gone. Right. And and then, I mean, he was gone out of that that thing. I mean, he, he got another radio show at another station, but he, he just got chopped down, 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 boom. And he was gone. Right. And then when he was gone. Right. I thought it was my turn. OK. <laughs> Wrong. Wasn't my turn. <laughs> OK. Then, so they put somebody else. Right. And and I mean, you know, I, I really, you know, I, I had my hopes up for like maybe a few days and then it occurred to me like these guys gonna do the same thing they always did to me right because there was this other time years ago and um the joke in the studio was uh they would hire the butchie security guard downstairs before they hire me right so there was this this security guard downstairs she was a sweetheart she was a nice girl and and she you know she was downstairs and um and she was part of the LGBT community, you know. She she was a lesbian, and um and, and she was she was a really good security guard. She was really good, you know, and nice person, plenty aloha, good girl. But but that that was the joke. Like she would get the job before me, and and I was supposed to go work with these other two guys, this guy and a girl. And eventually they brought me in. Eventually we negotiated for the job, and I got the thing, you know. And then nine months later, boom. You know, nine months later, they canned everybody. They let everybody with salaries, big salaries go. And so the salary that I negotiated went right out the window. And, you know, and I didn't care. I had, I had my companies, right? Uh, at that time, I had two companies. And, and um, it, it didn't really matter to me. It wasn't, it, you know, this, this was a side thing for me. Being, being on a radio in the morning was a side thing. And with those two guys, I couldn't say anything. I mean, I hardly got a word in edgewise. I tried, you know what I mean? But but it was a different kind of show, different dynamics. Now, with these guys, the guys that tape each other to the stop sign, right? To the, it wasn't a stop sign. It was like the sign going on to the freeway. And, uh, and so with those guys, I mean, that's the show I stayed with for 18 years. You know, and that was, bro, that was a, that was a radio show. 
I mean, you know, and it still is the number, I think it's the number two show. Or number three, maybe two, two? I think three. I think because this guy, there's this guy in town, his name is Keola. If you have a, if you have a, you know, you have a minute and you want to check him out in the morning, he has an excellent radio show. And he's on, uh, what is he on? 102.7. He's on 102.7 and his name is Keola and he, he is, he is awesome. It's called the Keola show. Uh, it started out something else. I think it was Keola and Rella and then they got, they re-imaged and you know, and then now it's the Keola show. So, but he is the man. Wow, this guy, this guy is funny and he's new and he's young and he, he is everything that, that we used to be on the radio. You know, when, when we, when it was our time. Now everybody has their time. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. Here's the thing about this podcast. Okay. What are you going to do when it's your time? And how are you going to know it's your time? See, you know, the, the thing about having your time is you never really know when it's your time. I mean, you're not fully aware. You're kind of aware. You kind of know you're popular. Yeah, you know things are good and things are going. You don't know when your time is up. You don't know. When you don't, and you're not even planning for this time to finish. You see what I'm saying? And I don't care if this, if this goes... You know, when you're working for a union doing carpentry or whatever you're doing, it doesn't have to do with show business, doesn't have to do with popularity, doesn't have to do with anything. You know, it could be the, the period in which you're married and you have kids and you're making a lot of money. It could be before that divorce. You see what I'm saying? And then the divorce happens and the divorce happens and, you know, and then you look back and you go, wow, we was really doing good at one point. We was doing good. Because you, know, you hear those guys telling stories. You hear the guys telling stories. They go, oh, bro, I had on Porsche. I had on this. I had on boat. I had, <laughs> yeah, I had all this. But I had, my, my job was paying me $250,000 a year. And then, and then all of a sudden, I got divorced. And, then, you know, and then, then it comes to an end. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, when, when is it your time and how do you know it's your time? And if you know it's your time, then how do you... You know, how do, how, do you, how do you know when it's not your time anymore? Like, how do you know when that time comes to a close? It's very difficult, bro. It's very difficult. You see, because when we were, when we were banging and, you know, we were, we were you know, up there, whatever, uh, popular, you know, that kind of thing, right? We never looked at, I mean, I never looked at it like, like I was somebody. I never looked at it like, oh, this is, this is my time. You know, I never looked at it like that. And, and the time kind of came and went. I mean, it just came, you know, it came, it stayed for a long time and then it went. And I think, I think for, for me, it was a little bit different because the guys that had me on the show, they were always doing stuff to, to limit me. And, and this is what I find a lot in my life. I, you know, on the professional side, on the personal side, nobody limits me. Nobody has the balls to do that. <laughs> nobody, nobody, and nobody has the balls to do that. Otherwise, but but professionally, oh yeah, professionally they always do that. And one day I was at this radio station group right before I worked with this popular radio show, and I was at this other radio station group, and I worked with this guy that we call Uncle Sam, and I asked him one day I said Uncle Sam, does this ever happen to you like professional jealousy? Because I, I was I was receiving a lot of professional jealousy. And part of it was because of my mom. She was, you know, she received, she got elected to a position in public, a public, you know, office position. 
and on another island. And ever since then, boy, I, I got treated different, right? And these guys was like treating me like crap. And I went in and I asked Uncle Sam, right? I said, hey, Uncle Sam, is, you know, did this ever happen to you? And he goes, because Uncle Sam was in his 60s when I, when I talked to him. And he goes, what? What do you mean? Even till today. I'm like, what? Till today? So I was, you know, I, I was just amazed that it still happened to him at his age. He was in his 60s. And he goes, oh, yeah, they, they call me up. They, they tell me, what? Come on, Sam. We're going to the parking lot. I kick your ass. I mean, <laughs> stuff like that, right? And so, so that, you know, that kind of comforted me a little bit. Because a professional jealousy can get very heavy when you're in a, in a public position, right? So my question, Hawaiians, for this podcast is, what are you going to do with your time when you get it? Okay, if you're, if, you're, if you're out there striving right now, if you're striving right now and you, you have a goal, and maybe your goal is 150000 a year, maybe your goal is to sell X number of widgets, maybe your goal is to, to open three branches of a, of a business, three locations, or a chain of restaurants, or whatever your goal is, right? What are you going to do when it's your time? Okay. Now, what I noticed the most of the guys, the guys that I know, right? When their time, when their time actually started decreasing and going down was like everything was going down. Their marriage was going bad. Everything was going bad, right? And, and how do you, how do you, how do you, how are you aware of all these things that are happening when it's your time? And things start slipping. When when are you in, you know, when do you become aware of all of that? Well, you know, when I was doing my thing, right, uh, for the most part, you know, I had a relationship that, that lasted nine months towards the, the end of, you know, uh, what I would call my ride, right? Uh, it wasn't the end of my ride, but it was it was right towards, I would say, uh, uh, maybe a couple years before the ride ended or before the ride slowed down, right? A couple years before the ride slowed down. And that was my last relationship. And, you know, at that time, something just told me, bro, don't let this weigh you down. And, and so I had to get rid of it. You see what I'm saying? But, but, but you have to become aware. You have to become aware of yourself. You have to become aware of your surroundings. You have to become aware of your coworkers or people you work with. You know, you have to be, you have to be aware of the, of the, of the landscape. You have to be aware of the situation, the market, the, the economy, all of that. We went through a very tough time in 2008. And in 2008, you know, we, we, we did our Waikiki show right after that. You know, we did our, our show in 2010. And in 2008, we went through a huge recession. And we did it. I mean, it didn't seem like we were going to do the Waikiki show. And that was the crown jewel of our, you know, of our, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a bucket list, but we didn't call it a bucket list. We called it a goal list. It was it was one of our goals. And we got to that point and when 2008 hit, we were like, "Oh man, how are we going to do this now?" Here's what I'm going to tell you, and this is the law of attraction, Hawaiians, okay? The how is always God's job. The how is always God's job. And it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a recession. So I'm using this to show you guys. I'm using my experience to show you guys it's not about it's not about you know oh there's a recession i can't do it bullshit you know and i hardly swear on the podcast but bullshit no 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 it doesn't matter you can be in the in the great depression of the 20s people made money people made fortunes 
right? And right now, right, we're headed for another huge recession, right? Everybody's unemployed, a lot of people, a lot of people unemployed, but I tell you what, this is the greatest opportunity, like right now, to make money. So what should you be doing right now? You should be laying the groundwork right now. You should be working on the groundwork for the next step. You should be working on the groundwork for the next company. You should be working on the groundwork for, for the next move right now. You know, because that's where we were in 2008. We was like, the markets was falling every day. Right now, the market's not falling. See, but, but back in 2008, like, my mom lost, I think my mom told me she lost $130,000 in two months. 130000 because the you could see the graph and it was going down like every day at the stock market, right? And it was going down. It was like riveting, like brrr, like going down, right? And I was watching this stuff and I was like, oh man. So everybody started moving out of my building. Okay, so I, I have a I have a retail space. It's a, it's an office, right? And I've had this commercial space for 20, 21 years now. And 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 the you know and everybody started moving out of our building. The only people who were left in the building was, was us, the the American Samoan government, which is next door. They have an office, right? They're subsidized by the government, and and a travel agency. I mean, I'm sorry, a tax tax agency, and the tax people own the travel agency. So they have they actually have two units, and they survive. We survive <clears throat> by the grace of God. We had to work things out with the landlord at one point. And we survived. And American, I think everybody, I think all of us worked it out with the landlord because the landlord didn't want an empty building. I think that's really what it was. They didn't want an empty building. So so we worked it out with the landlord and everything was okay. But the bottom line, Owens, was that this building was emptying out. The economy was, was going flat. Everything that you could think of was going wrong. And our goal was to get into Waikiki and do a show, right? And we needed... You know, come come to find out, right? When we got the, when we started negotiating, we did the the, you know. In fact, this is something I've never said on a podcast. But that guy that I worked on the radio for, the one I used to substitute for, <laughs> they, they they told us when we got to the hotel, they told us, well, you know, so and so wanted to do his show over here, and we don't want his show at our hotel. <laughs> you know? So he ended up doing his show at Dave and Buster's, right? And and so it was, that was a high compliment to us, right? And we had a classy show. I mean, we had a class. Our show was a class act, right? It was a variety show, but it was a class act. It, it was classy, no swear words, no no nothing like that. And and um, you know, so we were proud of what we were doing as far as content, as far as the content of our show. But as far as getting the show together, right? When when it all came down to the contracts. It was an $11,000 contract for, for a group of shows that we had to do, right? So many weeks and whatever. Came out to $11,000, right? And then the question was, where am I going to get $11,000? So I looked at the bank and I go, oh, well, we could take it from the bank. But this was the middle of the recession, right? Okay, here's the law of attraction. It was the middle of the recession. I mean, cars were like 1% interest. The, the interest rate went all the way down to 1%. Right, it was one percent interest when I got my. I bought another car. I think right after the Waikiki show, one percent interest. I mean, you know, the lowest I've ever seen it in my life, and and so everything was flat, and I needed eleven thousand dollars. Well, here's the thing, right? When I say, you know, 
the how is God's job? God started bringing party contracts. And we got contract after contract after contract. All of a sudden, there was a whole bunch of contracts. Why? Because on one end, we needed $11,000. On the other end, we had a couple different businesses. We had the wedding and party business. We had, we had a school, right? And we, we had a, uh, we had a production company. And so, so we were thinking like, okay, where, you know, where's the money going to come from? The wedding and party business paid for everything except $4,000 of the 11. And that four, we borrowed, we borrowed 2,000 from my manager. My manager, she volunteered. She goes, Hey, I'll give you 2,000. You know, and my attorney goes, bah, I'll give you 2000 And my attorney gave me 2000 And we paid them back in like two weeks, you know, because the party contracts kept coming. And before that, the party contracts was flat because the economy was flat. So what does that tell you, Hawaii? That tells you that there was forces at work beyond our control, uh, way above and beyond what we could do ourselves, right? But because we needed the money, the money came. Okay, and a lot of people don't understand this 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 uh, thought process. Okay, with the law of attraction, when you need something, right? When something needs to come, if it's meant to be, God will bring it to you, or, or your higher power, Jesus Christ, Allah, whatever you believe God to be, whatever you think that is. Okay, but that power will bring it to you. You know, we went, we, I went in the first time I went in, I signed for a car. I signed for $57,000 on signature, on signature, right? Because I was following the law of attraction. I said, okay, well, let's test this theory. I went in, I tested the theory. Guess what? The, the payments came every month. And this, and this was like, this was 12 years ago, 13 years ago, maybe. And, and ever since then, the only thing I know is I've had new car smell all the time. New car smell, all, that's all I know. New car smell all the time. I mean, you know, so, so what I'm saying is when you take the baby steps, the doors begin to open, God begins to bring you everything. Okay, so if you, if you bought a house, God would bring the money for the mortgage. Okay, but if you're the kind of person that, and you're, you're operating on the reptilian left brain, Right, and you go. Well, look. Uh, let's look at our finances here. Well, we don't have enough money for that. We 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 just can't. We can't afford that. Okay, if you can't afford that, then you can't tell me that you don't believe. You can't tell me you believe in God. You cannot tell me you believe in God, and that you're denying something for yourself in the same breath, or 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 in in the same week. <laughs> you cannot go to church on Sunday and praise the Lord. Right. When you are saying, like, I don't know how this is going to happen. We can't afford this. Okay? Because if you really believe in God, if you really believe in the Lord, I mean, I, I get up in the morning. I say, thank you, Father God, for everything. I say, thank you, Father God, for the, for the water. Thank you, Father God, for the shower. Thank you, Father God, for, like, for everything. Every, 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 every little thing. Right? Now, if you, if you believe in God, you have to believe that it's going to come. If you believe in God, you have to believe that God is, is there for you and God will make it work for you. God will make it happen for you. Now, if you don't believe in God, okay, then, then let the fear kick in and then you're going to live in lack and then you can't afford it and then you won't have it. And then you'll go your whole life without driving a new car, without buying the house, without whatever, anything. Anything. It doesn't have to be material things. It could be a relationship. It could be an opportunity. It could be a job. 
whatever it is. But you cannot say that you believe in God and then live in lack. You know, and that's where religion has a lot of people. That's where religion does a lot of people wrong. They teach people to live in lack, but believe in God. And if you believe in God, you cannot believe in lack. God did not put you on the planet to put you on trial. God did not put you on the planet to torment you and test you. And, you know, and then eventually they go, God either is going to throw you in the lake of fire or admit you to heaven. I mean, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah, if you go killing people. Yeah, if you go doing bad things. If you cheat people. If you go, you know, if you do, if you're living your life like that. Okay, then you should fear God. You should actually be afraid of God. Because, because you know, and, and if you don't, and you don't have a conscience, and you're just a psychopath, then, you know what? You just, you're just not going to come back. You're just not going to come back. You're not going to heaven. You're not going, you just not, you just, you just canceled your whole existence out. Eventually. I mean, eventually that's going to happen. You see what I'm saying? But Hawaiians, you cannot believe in God. Okay, right now, if, if you're listening to me right now and you lost your job, because there's a lot of you, if you lost your job right now and you're listening to me right now, you have a cell phone. You can use that cell phone to make money. And if you believe in God, okay, you have to believe in the glass half full. You have to see the glass half full. You have to look for the glass half full. You have to look for that, that part of it. Okay, I lost my job. Now what's the good part? You know? Okay, maybe, maybe maybe God is guiding me to another job. There, there are a lot of people out there, thousands of people that are being guided to other jobs right now because the old jobs are going out the window. They're done already. They're done. They're, they're finished. You're not going to have those jobs anymore. Okay? But the reason I told you the story about the Waikiki show in the recession is because it was the worst possible time to manifest anything. It was the worst possible time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was no money. There was no money. We went down. We did the audition, everything. And, and we signed the contract. And we had to come up with the money. You know, we had to come up with the money. I, I, I don't know how. Uh, they gave us two weeks or, or something like that. Or, or they, I think they gave us 30 days. And, and we had to come up with the money in 30 days. Or the contract would cancel out. And, and the contracts came pouring in. Out of nowhere. Because we didn't have those contracts. And they came pouring out of nowhere. And boom, there was the Waikiki show. If you believe in God, money will come to support whatever it is you need. If you are really tight with God, right? And you're looking at the, you're looking at the glass half full. It doesn't matter what, what you're talking about. It doesn't matter if you're talking about a car, a job, an opportunity. Uh, uh, if you're talking about a relationship, talking about love, talking about whatever you're talking about. God will bring it to you, okay? But you got to believe. You know, you got to not believe. You got to know because you can believe something that's not true. But you just have to know. And that's what the law of attraction is. And God gave that to you as a blessing. It's in you. And as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, you know, when, when you know that it's in you and when you start to make it work, because my clients all, my clients all experience this. They all experience this. All of my life coaching clients experience this. If you want to go to the site, it's hereforyou.live. 
in a half an hour, I give them all the learning materials, I supply them with everything, and I walk them step to step through everything, and they begin manifesting. You know when you know when the manifest stops? When the manifesting stops, when they stop practicing it, when they stop applying the law, when they start thinking, oh, you know, this is this was just a circle, this was just a, a coincidence. This is just because of this circumstance, I don't think it's gonna work for that. Uh, we we did a how we did a car. I don't think it's gonna work for a house. And you know what? It stops. It stops because of fear, and and doubt is rooted in fear. All the negative emotions are rooted in fear. There's only fear, and there's love, Hawaiians. That's all there is. But I, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go, Hawaiians. But yeah, Hawaiians, think about it, okay? Think about it. Because God wants you to have a beautiful life. God did not put you on the planet to suffer. He did not do that. No. He did not put you on the planet to sacrifice. That was a church idea. That's a church idea, Hawaii. Oh, hey, we got to say mahalo to uh, Brother Randy and Sister Jerry from Island Club and Spa. Also, Voice Master Enterprises, Family of Service Companies, and AFM Hawaii Music featuring the music of Darren Chinin on iTunes. Go download his stuff. Oh, man, he's producing, uh, he's, he's producing pop in Hawaii, pop music, that's right. Ah, uh, rather Darren Chidin. All right, till next time, I'm Junie Keiko Baba Jr. Mahalo. Aloha.